What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Cero miedo! Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprise! No more questions, not that damn What's up, WrestleManiacs? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. This is Journey into Wrestling, Season 5, Episode 14. I am your host, Nate, and it's a new day. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> today, joining me back yet again is my co-host, which, you know, buh, goals, rocks. Buh, goals, rocks. I'm buh, not going to gyrate. I will, I, I, there, I will break the camera. I will break everything we have here if I start gyrating. I'm not doing it. I need you to do a trombone <laughs> solo. No, I don't need you to gyrate, oh. but I need that, you know. Uh, Hell, you just got it right there. Yeah, it was not very good. That was a <laughs> terrible effort. But Buckles, welcome back. How you doing, my man? Not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Been uh, a couple weeks since we got in JIW, and for only being a week and a half or two weeks, it feels like for fucking ever, which is weird. Yeah. But that's because the world feels like it's moving at warp speed at all times. <laughs> all of a sudden, it got moving really quick, my man. Uh, it's Shit. really interesting because, and we, knew, we do need to fill our listeners and our viewers in. They're probably like, you fucking dipped on us last week you assholes and my first thing is like man i'm sorry okay first of all but <laughs> b and this is the more important thing i am moving okay i've so been you may, you may notice this, the background looks slightly different <laughs> yeah you don't adjust your tv screens my <laughs> friends because you are really seeing this picture in picture as you're seeing it because no, V and I moved into a new house, and it's phenomenal, and we've been doing a lot of work and busting our asses, and I've been inside, outside in the middle of winter, so I do have a little bit of a sniffles thing going on, no COVID here. Uh, I check my temperature twice, like three times a day, so that's how I know I don't have it, because like, my temperature's fine, but, um, and, and, and obviously no other underlying symptoms. I have definitely don't feel fatigued, because I don't know when to fucking shut off. That's my problem. Like Even when I'm sick, even when I take a legitimate sick day, like, I called off from work my first and probably only time and still was in this house moving shit to all heave-ho because I just had to get stuff done. I couldn't stop. Dude, moving is a bitch. It always is. It always will be no matter what you do and no matter where you go. Moving That's not true. sucks. That's not true. You get rich enough to hire movers who also box all your shit, and then moving is a cinch. I, I will give you a caveat to that because you also need to have movers – 
that give a shit. <laughs> oh, competent movers. Because yeah. that's that's a big part of that. Uh, we moved my brother into uh, an apartment in downtown Chicago. Um, literally downtown, like off the mile, like adjacent to the fucking lake, downtown Chicago. And uh, even having everything boxed up, the movers still managed to like rip a hole in their couch because they weren't careful with shit. Uh, there isn't, and even pre-boxed up, you still have to get everything upstairs and then unpack everything, all that. There's no good parts to moving. No, <laughs> you're right. Me. You're right. It's not fun. Uh, I, I will say that the style that we've moved this time, while it wasn't my favorite time, it's been the most motivational because instead of pre-boxing everything up, we've been kind of toting things over in trips and getting as many totes as we can. And then essentially we unload those totes to where they're going to be here in our new house. And we got most of our shelving now, just trying to get our TV and shit. But, you know, we were going to record last weekend or this, this like, recently, and, and I was like, I couldn't even hardly talk. It was fucking right. awful. And, uh, like, it wasn't because I was sick. It was actually because I've been talking so much at work that it was just, like, almost impossible to speak. Because thing is, when you're at work and you got the fucking mask on, and for those Folks who know me, they know I've got the... I can see it over there. I might go grab it just for the purpose of doing it on the podcast. But I got, like, the fucking Mortal Kombat Bane mask. Everybody says it, you know, every goddamn time. But, like, you have to talk loud in it to get people to hear you. And, man, I've harmed myself because of that. I'm going to I'm gonna brag a little bit here because, yeah, you. I guarantee you're talking through that thing a lot. And I know you got to be loud. Come get on my level where you're outside in the cold yelling at volunteers and through car windows to move up and to park. And I'm like, I'm literally booming out over everything I can loud enough that people can hear me with their windows rolled up two cars down on the daily. Damn, bro. You got that big voice. And I've done that for the better part of a year and a half now with the drive up, or I should say better part of a year now. And still have only managed to lose my voice once. Damn, that's not bad. So I'm, I'm keeping it up. It's funny because I, growing up and then, all, hell, all the way out, like through college, my hearing sucks. My hearing is terrible. But Same. because my hearing is terrible and the way my hearing <laughs> is, uh, for the longest time, I mumbled a lot. Because like, like, I sounded louder in my own ears than I do to other people. So people would tell me, I can't hear you. You got to speak up. You got to speak up. Now they're telling me to shut the fuck up because I'm way too goddamn loud. We can't hear you, buckholes. And you're like, okay, I'm sorry. I get it. Hey, hey, man, time out, time out. Let's take a quick time out. Dude, <laughs> we're only four episodes away from 100. I just wanted to say that here. Yep. Uh, you have a big surprise for 100. I'm excited to share that with the world eventually. Um, I just want to say that as we move into this next couple episodes – uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about all the time and stuff, but I do kind of want to, in a little way, because I don't think we really get to reflect on this show ever, look back a little bit, man, and say, like, first of all, right now, as we're, as we're working our way to 100, this show would not be possible if it wasn't for one Brandon Stone, the end. Absolutely. Like, ha Absolutely. Hats off to him. He has done so much for this show, continues to do so much for this show. He fucking did a show with me when we weren't even on speaking terms. That's how much he's dedicated <laughs> to this show, man. Like, that motherfucker comes through in the clutch, and I'm grateful for him. So I just want to say it here. We, we don't have to get, you know, jerking each other off or any of that shit. We can move into the real shit, but. Well, I mean, hell, you got to think. Mm -hmm. I've, I've only been on the show since, I don't even know what the number was. But I've only been on the show since October of 19. 
So, I mean, I haven't, you guys have been running this a lot longer than my happy ass has been around. So I may be, this may be coming up on episode 100, but I've only been a small part of that. But also a very large contributor because you've helped to evolve the show into more than just a WWE talk fest. And no offense to Brando, but that's at the time that's literally all we were able to do because his schedule's crazy at the time. My schedule at the time was fucking crazy. We both could barely get shit in, so it was like. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, to be fair, for a long time, that's all you really could do is impact, maybe in, impact New Japan and and WWE. And if you're not going to get impact, which at the time you got to go look under a fucking rock somewhere to find impact. You know, I will say we did cover a little impact because we on the second episode or the third episode of this show, we talked about the debut of Broken Matt Hardy because it was such a crazy thing. It had just happened. Like we so, got some uh, yeah. we got some impact and some Broken Matt Hardy or at least Matt Hardy to talk about tonight. Hey, that's a good way to just lead into because <laughs> We had a really interesting moment. I actually got to see this. This is not something that I'm naive to in the wrestling world. This is not something that you're going to get to like break my brains on because I actually got to watch this happen. You had the Good Brothers in the ring, uh, Alex Shelley, and Austin. No, 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 no. That was, no, it was Moose. It was Hard to Kill was Moose. It was uh, Swan, Moose, and uh, if you're talking about Hard to Kill, Swan Moose and no 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 uh, no no, no 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 bro oh, bro bro this week this, this week, week this week what was, I'm talking uh, about specifically is was Saban and uh, Cowboy Chris Storm uh, or, uh, uh, James, James Storm, Storm James Storm, Storm. Yeah, James yeah 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 the fuck is so, Chris Storm <laughs> I, I am not sure Chris Storm the mighty anyways the the, the, the lesser known brother <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the episode title Chris Storm the lesser known brother. <laughs> You know, like that's that might actually work. You might need to send that to me while I'm saying this thing. But like we had, okay, James Storm and Alex Shelley and the Good Brothers are in the ring. They're kind of chopping it up. They're calling each other out. They're talking all this mad shit. And all of a sudden we get what? Matt Hardy and the Hardy Party out in the ring. Private party showing up on Impact Wrestling. And Matt Hardy doing the best, you know, some of his best heel work, honestly, this he's kind, kind of, of like he's he's kind of bringing back the uh, big money Matt character in a, in a more sinister uh, way. More, well, I mean, it was always a heel, but more of a, a wrestling meta. Like he's he's playing it to be a, like a wrestling agent or they called him a fucking carny. And that's really what he's playing. Yes. Yes, exactly. But like they came out to the ring and I loved Matt said, you know, uh, well, since now. The borders between Impact and AEW are open. We figured we'd come here. And it's like, man, they're setting shit up for... Their, I mean, mm -hmm. they are they are shooting for the moon with all the plans. And I told you, man, I thought this could happen. And now this is reaffirmation that it um, might be happening. I, they're getting more more than what I kind of expected. or more Not as much as I was hoping for, but a little more than I anticipated. Like you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago that I... I thought I would love to see them go full bore, maybe not invasion angle, but full bore with uh, having both brands interacting. But it didn't seem like they really planned on too much outside of the Omega thing. But now they're having the the, the two brothers, or not two brothers, the having the uh, the uh, private party bit. That's a that's a different group. That's a whole different feud entirely. Um, and I like it. That's awesome. They're gonna have. Uh, I do believe Good Brothers are on the next two episodes of Dynamite. I think uh, a lot of that is planned because this is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this week's impact or this week's dynamite was the last one from dailies. 
because they're going to do I don't I don't well because they're going to Miami to film and they're going to do some pre-tape again. Well, I know Beach Break is in two weeks, um, so if they start the different set with Beach Break, then next week should be the last one. So I'm thinking maybe next week's the last live one, and then they go to pre-taped over at Beach Break. I don't know. I honestly, I've not been able to follow much on that. So yeah, I'm not sure either. But what I will say is, we also, and you know, you kind of said it. We're jumping all around here, but we're talking about Impact. I want to kind of stay focused on that first. We did have Hard to Kill. I have not got yet a chance to watch it. I I haven't either. Spoiler alert: Don't even know what happened. I tried to avoid that shit because I really do want to watch it. Or have you tell me here because it, it gives me a genuine chance to react without knowing anything. So I'm completely – the only thing I know is this. We had an AEW champion holding his AEW title wearing a New Japan Pro Wrestling t-shirt in an Impact Wrestling <laughs> ring, wrestling and tagging with an Impact <laughs> Wrestling tag team going up against a – Set actually, uh, or uh, not not just a tag team, but the Good Brothers being the tag team champions of Impact a Trio, there. yeah. And then you have Rich Swan, the Impact World Champion, in his tag with with the Motor City Machine Guns, an amazing tag team in it their ended, own right. It ended up being not being the guns. Uh, Chris Saban or Alex Shelley had to uh, bow out for undisclosed reasons. He says it's not COVID, but he hasn't disclosed what it was. Damn. Uh, so it ended up being Swan, Saban, and Moose. Actually, okay. um, do you want me to go ahead and spoil it? Uh, yeah, please. I would like to really, know kind of like what happened on the card. I know it wasn't a made like a massive card, but that is say, still I, kind of a big thing. I don't have the notes for it here, but from memory, I can tell you that uh, the women's tag team uh, title belts went to uh, Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan. Um, I can tell you that uh, Manic slash TJP uh, retained the X division title. Um. But the two big things, two biggest things were, A, Matt Cardona showed up. He's on Impact now. I saw he uh, debuted against Austin Ace. Yes, uh, Ace Austin needed or Ace a, Austin. Uh, I do that every fucking time because of Austin Aries. It, yes. just, it, it just fucks my brain. Ace Austin Aries. Ace Austin's somebody that should be watched. He deserves to be a number one contender for that show. He's very good. Um yeah, he uh, needed a needed a bit of competition, so they brought out Cardona. Um, you had, but the big thing of the night was the uh, three on three, uh, which I do believe went over clean. Uh, Kenny, uh, the team AEW ended up winning that. Okay, so but here's the thing. Uh, just to go back to the to the last, uh, we were talking about what was the match you were just saying before this? Uh, oh, oh, Matt Cardona. Yeah, yeah. So he definitely didn't he sign with AEW though? I guess not. Um, there was never, to my knowledge, there was no official announcement of him signing. I think it may have just been a couple of appearances. You know what? And actually, now that you say that, I think I do remember that he was recently on uh, Van Vliet or one of those shows and mm-hmm. said something like that, like that he was not officially signed because he has some things he's checking off his list first. Right, and the other thing is that he's still, he's still more like a major podcast figure now. Like he still does the was it uh, major uh, wrestling figure uh, podcast? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so he's still got his own very good following as well. So I think he's he might be just kind of transitioning to that a little bit more. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Cardona coming out and I mean, good on him because he's still got enough following that he's a good get for Impact. 
and he needs to be kind of the big fish in a little pond. Excuse me, big fish in a little pond a little bit. Um, For sure. And I don't think he's going to get that in AEW. Um, so I think Impact's actually a good spot for him, and it gives him a chance to continue working with uh, Brian Myers as well. Yes, yes, we didn't even talk about that. Brian Myers has been impact bound for a while now and been doing being in some mm-hmm. involved in some great stories. He's actually getting legitimate feuds. Uh, yes. he had a, the uh, uh, pre-show match uh, was with uh, Josh Alexander, actually. Oh, the other thing from, of the North. Yes, because the North is not First, broken up. Hold wait, the North broke up. Yeah, pages out of uh, impact. His contract ran out. Oh, you're going to be seeing him someplace else. I would not at all be surprised to see him go to WWE or AEW. One of the two, he'll be on it. But you won't be seeing him on Impact because not only did his contract run out, and so I was just about to get to, he kind of burned bridges with them a little bit. He's pissed at him. Oh, really? Talk because, about it. So, and I this is something I meant to bring up with uh, with Impact. He his it's been known that his contract's running out for a couple weeks now. Sure. So they've been teasing that the North is going to break up and they chose to do it by in, uh, engaging or interacting with one of his, uh, a persona he's done on the Indies and on his like vlogs and stuff like that. The karate man. I don't okay. know if you've heard of the karate man. Nope. Um, it's Ethan page with the Kumite headband and the, the fucking like, it's made to be a Kung Fu movie. Like he's the karate man. I love that. Um, and they made it, so Ethan Page had a match against the Karate Man at Hard to Kill. Obviously cinematic, but to to hear him, and he talked about it the day after, uh, or a couple days after, he said that he was not, they filmed it, and then he was not given any control over it or any access to it until it went to air. So he didn't know how it got edited together. He didn't have any say in it. This is stuff he came up with. This is all his intellectual stuff. And it came out looking so cheesy and i and this is even for something that is cheesy crowdman's a cheesy gimmick yeah but it ended with like it looked like bad instagram filter bad like it's terrible oh no um and it ended with uh karate man ripping ethan page's heart out (laughs) literally like mortal Kombat style um but set to like really shitty backgrounds and it's really 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 cheesy done. So I should look up this video of this and watch. Look this. up a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Paige is pissed because he felt like he got done dirty by them and that they didn't put any effort into it. And he thought that they took something of his and made it shit and didn't give him any say in it, no matter whatsoever. By all right. That's what see, happened, though. He didn't get to see in it. He, his first time watching it was when it aired. Uh, so, I would not be thrilled by that. So, yeah, so he's he's kind of uh, on the outs with, I mean, obviously, contractually, he's on the outs with Impact already, but may now be uh, at a lot of heads with them. Like, he may not want to come back, um, which, oddly enough, we also had somebody in the most recent episode of Impact is being written off the show in Ty of Valkyrie. Really? Well, I mean, the rumor is that her contract's been over for a little bit. She's been working appearance by appearance just to do whatever. Sure. Um, but if you remember, they, I don't know if you saw, they had a, uh, an angle that kind of ran for a good part of the fall of, uh, well, actually a, a good part of the summer was the Russell house or whatever 
this like cheesy like reality TV show thing they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. That led to the wedding between Johnny Johnny Bravo and yep. Rosemary, and yep. then someone shot Johnny Bravo. Well, they just came to find out that it was Taya that shot Johnny Bravo or framed the guy that shot Johnny Bravo. So now she gets hauled off to jail, uh, basically writing her off. And I want to point out that Tommy Dreamer, who gets who is played like the detective and all of this, had this fantastic line. They said, well, what's going to happen to her now? And he goes, well, you know, if she's lucky, maybe they'll send her off to Jacksonville State Prison. If not, and she's not really that lucky, or maybe this is, you know, if they really give her, based on what she's done, maybe she'll have to go to Stanford Prison and do two three, two years, maybe an optional three. And no one's, no one's soul ever really recovers from that. Damn, throwing <laughs> bows at WWE Holy and AEW shit. and AEW. There's a reference there too. Yeah, Jacksonville I saw. I, I, I heard the Jacksonville thing, but that's more like uh, okay, like they were light about it and then used the reference of prison well, yeah, right. to make WWE look like the assholes, which is hilarious. Well, he said Jacksonville State Prison. He said Stanford Prison, and then I think it's Ace Romero sitting there next to him says, "Man, I hope they don't send her to Baltimore, which is Ring of Honor." So I mean they're hitting they're getting everybody in on it, but obviously throwing a little bit more shade WWE's way, which deservedly so. We'll so let's ask that. this question because my homie uh Javi, who watches our show now, shout out to Javi. Uh he and I had this little conversation and he came up to me and said, No doubt in my mind now that they're putting the impact title on Omega. What are your thoughts on that? I still don't think they will. I still think they lose more by having it. I think they have, they it's a fuck finish and they won't have the title actually change hands. But how can you do a belt collector angle and really listen? Maybe this is the episode title because I've been thinking about it all week. But like I keep saying this, it's a, it's a thought that's in my head. I can't let it escape. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. This is a situation where you have all these little fucking indie guys who are trying to to not just stand out. But to slay this giant that has never been successfully defeated, no one, no, WCW used only money as their resource and didn't defeat the giant. And that was the one thing that they didn't run out of was money. No, I I completely understand where you're coming from. I get all the arguments as to why they should do it. The reason I think they won't do it, and I've said it on the show before, is because it looks really bad when you have a show that you don't have a champion on. Yeah, but if you're telling a an intertwined story and you're getting more people to cross pollinate, well, isn't that is, the point? Yes and no. Okay. Because you still need to make you need to make you need to make impact and Swan still look stronger. Nobody's going to give a shit about them. I mean, you have or AEW gets everything out of having Kenny take the belt. Impact gets eyes on the program, and maybe that, that's worth something. But the, you have to do something with that. You have to have something compelling to go along with that. And having Swan not have – or having no no title holder on Impact or having a title holder that's telling you to go watch another program doesn't help you. Or – It makes it makes, it makes makes Impact look junior league. Or third option, Kenny is defending on Impact. I mean, you could do that. It's, it's very feasible you could do that. But – to me, okay, because okay, they did something. If you look a couple of years ago with the Hardys, when Matt and Jeff were both still on Impact, 
they did the uh, the expedition of gold where they were going to little smaller indie feds the expedition winning, yes winning their titles that's great for all of those those promotions they don't have tv shows the only way they're going to get eyes on their stuff is through impact sure so that's how those those promotions get their names out there at all and really because they're not taping week to week they're not having they don't have to have a continuing storyline of tune in next week to see who gets the belt or what's going to happen. They don't mind if their belt takes a couple weeks off because their next show may not be up for another month and a half. So those promotions don't lose anything by having their belt get lost. Okay. They gain something by having those indie feds have more to gain by having Matt and Jeff show up on their program with, and win those belts. You'll notice Matt and Jeff didn't bring the belts back to impact with them. They just showed them winning the belts by, okay, let's say you put, you put Omega over Swan, whether you do that on impact, whether you do that at a, at a, at an impact show, whether you do it at, at say revolution, you then have to either make sure you're going to have Kenny on every fucking impact show going forward. Well, not necessarily. They're wrestlers who take weeks off. I mean, Lesnar was yeah, a part-time world champ. Um, if your goal is to emulate WWE standards and creative, you're not, you're not chopping down the right tree. <laughs> oh, I know. I understand that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that it's okay. If one time in a four week span, Kenny's not there. Right. But I'm saying, I don't know that it would be a one time in a four week span, but you the only problem- need to tell that story for a month. I think, I mean, realistically, if you're going to, if you're going to, what I would do is I would wait. This is how I would do it. <clears throat> I would get into a time I- where Kenny can quickly and effectively take whatever titles they're going to utilize to call him the belt collector. You got two now. Let's say they're going to make a total of four. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the Impact title, the NWA title. I'm just going to keep saying it. Um, that's a drinking game here. But here's what they do. In a short span of time, like in the span of a week, he wins it. Like unexpectedly, unannounced, he shows up on Shockwave, beats Nick Aldis. It's a moment. Shockwave, that that episode gets fucking 400 million views on YouTube. It's the most viewed th- fucking thing. That same weekend, he shows up on the Impact pay-per-view that he's already scheduled for, beats Rich Swan. So there he goes. He's got the four. Now, in one month time, which is four weeks, you can't undo Kenny being the belt collector. And all you need him to do is have one moment where he comes out with all of them. You don't, outside of that, need him to maintain because what you could then have is, and this would be even cooler, what if Nick Aldis and Rich Swan and fucking uh, Laredo Kid and fucking John Moxley all show up and say, "Look, man, you fucked all of us. You want us? You beat us all dirty. Every single one of us lost in a dirty fashion." Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get your ass one way or another. And then Mox can say, I'm going to challenge for my title right now, and these three dudes are in my corner. And then, you know, maybe he doesn't win. But then maybe Rich Swan does, and then the Impact title's back home. And then, you know, you can go from there. I'm just riffing. I, as much as I would enjoy that, as much as I think I think that would be fun, I don't think that's the way they're going because I, I hate to say this, I don't think they're going anywhere with the belt collector thing. I don't at all. When was the last time it got brought up on a, on a AEW TV? That okay, that is true. Or when was the last time it was brought up on even being the elite? That's true. Oh, put it this way: the only time, the only time, I kitty, the only time that that 
gimmick has been mentioned at all was the very first time he was on impact fleeting. Like the belt collector thing was just something that they brought up. That was the gimmick they mentioned on that first night of uh, him being on impact hasn't been touched since. And not just, you know, it could be, well, maybe they haven't, they haven't had the one-on-one match with Swan yet. So they're not going to bring it up. Well, he's not even mentioning it at all. And they didn't mention it when he went to triple A. It didn't get brought up at all. So I'm honestly wondering if they're going, well, we, maybe we can't do the belt collector thing. So we're just going to not acknowledge it and just kind of let it go. Maybe. I mean, you might, you might be correct. I will say, I just had a thought. Matt Hardy said something total side note. Matt Hardy said something that just really made me think that maybe not with the belt collector as the reason how it happens, but Matt Hardy definitely said the borders are open. Well, Tony Khan said that. Well, okay, and, and and Tony Khan has also said it, but here's what I'm saying about saying that. If the borders are open, they officially kind of have just called themselves territories. In a way, they're mm-hmm. hearkening back to that old way of looking at wrestling. And <clears throat> like I said, maybe it doesn't have to be the belt collector that's the storyline that does it, but I do think there is a way all these companies can work together really well. You know, how cool would it be to actually have a – like world-class fucking tag team tournament with all these companies uh-huh. represented. You I know. do. I do want to apologize. I did say I was going to fancy book out the, uh, the world, the official world tag league. I've got the teams. I just haven't figured out how to see them yet. So I'm getting there. It's okay. I know you're working on um, it. I know you're working on it, but that, but that's kind of uh, like my example of that. Yeah. Truthfully. Um, what I think they will do rather than the bell collector thing. And I just mentioned a minute ago, who's also been on the show every week. Who's Don, also Don been... Callis? No. Okay. Tony I don't... Con- oh, Tony, Tony Khan. Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually taken a little bit of a step up because he had been just doing the commercials with Tony Schiavone, right? Yeah. So this this week on Impact, uh, Tuesday night, um, he was actually ringside. He was in person ringside with Jerry Lynn. And I don't remember which match. I think it may have been the, the uh, match... If you're not up, if, have you seen uh, Impact from this week? Not yet, no, sir. It's okay. You, Go ahead and spoil you, away. Did you, did you see Dynamite from this week? Uh, no, sir. I actually started no. watching some you're of fine. the like so, highlights from Dynamite, but I haven't watched the whole show. Well, so obviously, yes, Matt Hardy showed up at Private Party. Private Party had a match with the good with uh, Good Brothers and with uh, James Storm and uh, Alex Shelley. Saban. Oh, Chris Saban. Chris Saban. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the match that Tony Khan was ringside for. And Jerry Lynn, I can't remember who it was he snagged, but he tripped somebody in that match, actually took an active hand into the match and caused Private Party to win. Private Party is now your impact uh, number one contenders for the tag team championships. What? They're yeah, the number I, one contenders? I just thought yes. they showed up and talked some shit. I didn't realize no, they, they had a match, are, too. Uh, the title match has already been scheduled for their next, uh, their next pay-per-view, which I do not have the name of at the moment. Okay, yeah, so then it, now let me ask this question. Can you afford to have Private Party beat the Good Brothers and take the titles? Well, I think it's it's it looks better for your tag team titles to move hands than your main title, for one. Okay. But that's also, again, with the Good Brothers, who are kind of AEW adjacent already. And just because they're the number one contenders doesn't mean they're going to win. 
Ooh, but I had a thought. Well, here's the other part of this. You haven't seen if you haven't seen Dynamite yet. Private Party's now heel as well. Well, yeah, because they've taken on the mats, kind of. They have. They turned. They went the full heel turn on Impact, or on on Dynamite rather this week too. Really? So tell me about yeah. that. What happened there? Uh, it was a trios match with uh, uh, Private Party and Matt versus Top Flight and uh, uh, I almost said Evan Bourne. Um, Matt Seidel. Thank you, Matt Seidel. Uh, yeah, trios match between those six, and the match ended when. Um, I believe Mark Quinn was up on the top rope and one of the two brothers from top flight was getting ready to uh, do like a hurricane run off the top, something like that. And uh, Isaiah Cassidy hits him with a chair and Quinn kind of looks down. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then just gets this big smile shooting star press win. And then they beat the shit out of uh, uh, all three of them after the match too. Damn. So yeah, it's a full on heel turn. So that means back on impact, yeah, you have private party challenging for the titles, but the Good Brothers are ostensibly faces on Impact, and now Private Party is the heel team. Mm. So maybe you don't have Private Party win. Maybe you have them in the match. Maybe it's a very good match, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a win. So I mean, I don't know. It really just depends on it. It comes down to what Impact wants to do whether they feel like they stand to lose more by having their having all of their uh, title holders or any of their title holders lose and look inferior. They don't want to, they want to, they want it. The idea is to make impact look better, more attractive. Sure. It's hard to do that while losing. Sure. But you also could do this. And this is me again, fantasy booking just a little bit, but I had a thought. I had a thought because what we what do we see happening with the Good Brothers, Kenny Omega, and the Bucks? There's dissension. Like openly, very, there is some dissension. Very much so. Okay, we still haven't. We'll get to we'll get to dynamite in a minute. So, <laughs> There's lots of dissension. So why couldn't the Good Brothers lose their Impact titles and then just beat the Bucks and take theirs and have a holy shit moment? That's true. I mean, because that would be, I mean, okay, cool. It's one thing if, if private party takes the impact titles, like, okay, that's fun, but that's neat and whatever. It's a hell of a moment. If the good brothers take the AEW Mm -hmm. tag titles considering, and this is why I say this, considering you've had private party in AEW the whole time, haven't given him the titles. As far as right now, you only have what a total of four title holders for the tag titles and SCU, your inaugurals. Page and uh, Omega, you have uh, FTR. FTR, and then now the Bucks. So mm-hmm. four teams total have held it. And if your fifth team is the Good Brothers from Impact Wrestling who weren't AEW stars, it's a moment. It's a talking moment. It it's is. a selling There's... moment. And it guess what? It does what you said. Makes Impact look bigger. If they if they do a title swap, I can definitely see it. Uh, and I can see that again more likely with the tag titles or with the secondary title than... A major t- main uh, the title. Main title, yeah. Like I could see them doing a swap with, say, Darby Allen versus, uh, uh, I guess, TJP is the uh, X Division title holder now. Um, really, that's kind of where we're at with Impact as far as uh, all the stuff for Impact for this week. Um, other stuff from Hard to Kill, Diana Peraza retained her title. Um, Eddie Edwards beat Sammy Callahan in a barbed wire match. Cool shit. Um, 
moving over to AEW, because I want to catch you up on that. Um, not only do we have that, uh, you mentioned some dissension with the Bucks and everything. Two weeks ago, since we didn't get the show last week, we'll talk about it now. Um, we were supposed to get Kenny and the Bucks versus, um, I can't remember who they were supposed to fight. It was another trio. But we never got it because uh, the Bucks were supposed to come out after Kenny, and then suddenly, through Don Callis and some uh, some truck issues, Good Brothers took their spot. The, this week, uh, there was a bit of a vignette where the Bucks went to Kenny's house. I, I just watched that before okay. we came on. Okay, so you did see that. So you did see uh, Don Callis getting uh, beat up off screen. I want to point out off screen, off screen. We never saw anything. Yeah. Later on in the show, um, Kenny shows up in what is, uh, he looks like he's been dressed by a blind man. I'm not going to lie. He's wearing like snakeskin boots and these weird, like almost looks like uh, Zubaz pants. What? Really? It's, it's the seventies rocker. Look, it's weird. It's very Kenny. Um, but he shows up and he goes to talk to Callis in the uh, locker room area and Callis is wearing his sunglasses Obviously, Kenny gets the, oh, who did this to you? Who did this to you? Who did? And Callis named accidentally, doesn't even intend to, or actually he doesn't intend to, says, oh, it's Matt and Jeff. What? Oh, what the fuck? And then for some reason, uh, they cut to backstage later, and Kenny and uh, the Good Brothers are beating the shit out of uh, Pentagon. Wait a minute. Matt and Jeff? No. You uh, said the... Matt and Jeff. Don oh, Callis sorry. said no, Matt no, and Jeff? No, no. no. No, yeah, Callis said Matt and Nick. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, Matt that Nick, makes Matt way Nick. more sense. I was Cooked. like, Matt and Jeff, holy shit, that's cr- huge. No, 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 no. Uh, no, Jeff's still, uh, Jeff's still feuding with Elias on WWE for some reason. No, no, only but to God. Over in Stanford um, Prison. We'll get. Trust me, we're going to get into that. <laughs> um, but no, uh, uh, he said Matt and Nick, Jackson's obviously. Um, and then for some reason later, Kenny and the Good Brothers are beating up Pentagon and not the not the Bucks, which is very strange. But yeah, they beat the hell out of Pentagon backstage. Um, also on Dynamite, uh, we had the heel turn. We also had uh, um, the, I don't even know if you want to call it, the first appearance of uh, Charles the Butler instead of Chuck Taylor. Yeah, because he lost to so uh, He's wearing, wearing a... Miro brings him out in a full tuxedo with a you know towel over his arm, like full Alfred style butler. And he makes and uh Orange Cassidy's sitting in the stands watching and he makes or he makes Chuck look over at Orange and say, Miro is my new best friend. To which sad. Yep. We also have uh Sting's first matches coming up now. What? We're gonna get and I don't know what the specifics are, but it's gonna be Sting and Darby versus Team Taz in a street fight. Because that's what you want to do with the guy whose neck might explode into pieces in any given second. Well, you can protect Sting in you a way because a he's got the bat, yep. and you can keep him from getting. And every time he's going to be in like dire straits, Darby saves him. Right, and then it'll look good. It helps build him. I mean, I see why they're doing it. I love it. Right, Buckles. Um, I'm going to have you do a little riffage just for a minute. I am absolutely parched and have to grab something to drink, or I'm going to. <laughs> that's pass all right. Out. That's all right. I'm. Uh, I gotta look at my stuff here. All right. Um, the only reason I can think of having um, Kenny and the uh, the Good Brothers beating up uh, Penta is that 
prior last week, we had a bit of a brawl where uh, Moxley confronted Omega and um, the Bucks came out. We're going to defend Omega and got jumped by uh, Penn and Phoenix. So Penn and Phoenix came to uh, back up Moxley. So that might be your tie in there. Uh, speaking of Moxley, um, he had a, a decent match against Nick Camarado, which was kind of weird. Um, not really sure why they had him looking a little weaker against him in ostensibly as uh, enhancement talent. Um, we did have Darby Allen beating Brian Cage for the TNT title or to retain the TNT title uh, in a pretty decent match. Uh, Sting actually got physical. Um, you mentioned uh, Chuck E.T. We also have uh, Hikaru Shida survived a zombie apocalypse, uh, overcame Abaddon and a giant bite to the neck. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna let him get caught up here. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was just talking about a uh, Hikaru Shida overcoming the zombie apocalypse. What did her and, Ab- <laughs> her and Abaddon had a match? Yep, they fin- they had the title match already, which uh, she went over clean. But they did this weird under the ring spot where they got uh, where she got dragged into the ring and came back holding her neck. There's this big like teeth marks and stuff on her neck. Um, we didn't talk about Brian Cage losing uh, his. TNT title challenge to Darby. Uh, Darby won clean uh, with a little assistance from Sting. Um, the other big thing from AEW this week was the inner circle bit. Have uh, no idea. So there was this weird thing last week where uh, Kenny, or not Kenny, why am I saying Kenny? Uh, MJF and uh, Jericho said they were going to go for the tag titles to which Sammy Guevara comes out and calls Jericho. And I quote a tag team slut because he tagged with Hager. And he had also tagged with, with uh, Guevara in the less sex gods team. So now Jericho's just bouncing back around and back around. Um, also uh, proud and powerful took a little bit of exception and said, Hey, you signed us. You got us in the group as a tag team. Why don't you let us be the tag team? Yeah. So it all leads to a uh, challenge match, which was all three teams. Sammy Hager. Sammy Hager. Sammy Hager with a shout out on the show this week, too. Oh. Actually, yeah, he actually came and did a little vignette with him or a little, uh, little call into him. Um, but you have uh, Jericho and MJF versus Proud and Powerful versus Sammy Hager. Uh, it was actually a fun match, really fun match. Um in which uh, Sammy kind of showed out a little bit more than most. Uh, Jericho tried to cheat with the bat and got caught. J- uh, MJF tried to cheat with the ring and got caught. And then MJF ends up pinning Sammy with a handful of tights right as the show ends. Ooh. So we're not sure what the fallout of that's going to be yet. The other big thing, you said you watched the beginning of Dynamite at least. So you saw the opening segment. Wait, which opening segment? Uh, yesterday, last night. No, what opening segment? What was the segment? That was the uh, the negative one birthday party. Yes, I watched a little bit of that with Luther and right. uh, El Serp. What is it? Serpentico? Serpentico. Yep, Serpentico. So, uh, and negative one got involved towards the end of the match with a kendo stick, which is always fun. I don't, he said some things. I don't know what it was he said. I couldn't quite make it out. Um, he did. He did throw the stack of papers, which is fun. But uh, the end of the match was uh, Hangman was supposed to tell the Dark Order whether or not he was going to join. And, you know, you get 
John Silver being all verklempt and actually getting down on one knee and saying, are you going to join the Dark Order? And just as, uh, as they release the banners that says, he said yes, and there's like people in cowboy hats getting ready to walk out and all this other shit. Hangman goes, I'm sorry, but I've already done the group thing and it doesn't end well for me. I can't do it. Nice. And grabs a bottle of whiskey and walks off. So we're not sure where that's going yet. What we do know is that next week you're going to get a little cross pollination of Dark Order. I'm not, I cannot remember which four members of Dark Order, but Dark Order versus the four man tag of the Good Brothers and the Bucks. <laughs> Whoa. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. So my guess, if I'm fantasy booking this, my guess is it's Silver, Reynolds, Uno, and Grayson. More than likely. I, I, I know they've said it. I just don't remember. Because I don't know if you're going to put Angels and 10 in that match. Probably not, but I th- you can also throw Cabana in there too. I don't know. Oh, you could um, put Colt in place of Stu or of uh, yeah someone, but I think I don't, I I know they've already announced it. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. So, um, yeah, that's going to be next week. Um, they're also coming up on Beach Break, which is going to be the Kip Sabian, uh, uh, excuse me, Penelope Ford wedding, our first AEW wedding. Yep. And uh, you're also getting uh, the match I know you're excited for, which is, you want to say it? Wait, what'd you say? I was going to let you say it if you know what the, it is. The Beach Bash? I don't know anything Be- about it yet. Uh, beach Break, you're getting uh, Dr. Britt Baker versus... Uh, uh, Thunderosa! Yeah, Thunderosa, yeah. Yeah, motherfucker, that's going to be awesome. They're going to put, uh, I, I'm not going to, don't quote me on this because there's probably going to be a lot of good shit for that show. They're going to be a sleeper match, though, that people talk about. As far as I know, those, as far as I can remember, those are the only two things that have actually been announced for Beach Break. So we don't know yet. That's, uh, that's pretty much AEW in a nutshell right now. Uh, I do want to get to SmackDown, or not SmackDown, but NXT really fast because they just had, A, they had, uh, um, the New Year's Evil. Sure. Which I think we I, did. We cover that in the last show. I think we did. I do believe so. I think we did cover that. But um, they are also in the midst of something big on NXT. That is the Dusty Cup, which is always awesome. And this year they're actually doubling up on it with the women's Dusty Cup as well. Really? Which yeah, which they actually tied in with some new names that got announced. Uh, but anyway, you have at uh, New Year's Evil, Finn Balor beats Kyle O'Reilly um, for the title again. But now they're playing up Pete Dunn as the next, uh, the number one contender. Not really, not really number one contender officially, sure. but he's the one that's been coming up after Finn. And uh, in this most recent episode last night, uh, Finn says, "I know how this plays out. I know I want Dunn. That's where this is going to end. But I'm going to have to go take out Birch and Lorcan first. Um, to which uh, uh, Regal says, well, "Get yourself a tag team partner first. So Fed goes, I don't have that many friends here. So he goes and recruits Kyle O'Reilly, who's game. That's so awesome. That, That's a cool that, fucking tag we're, team. We're, we're kind of, I don't know if it's going to be a tag team for good, but we're leading up to what seems to be a triple threat match, which I'm here for. Um, you also have uh, Killian Dane's, not Killian Dane, um, Karrion Cross is back now in the picture. Uh, just finished up a feud with uh, uh, Damian Priest. Um, and he actually figured indirectly into the Dusty Cup. The initial uh, tag teams mentioned for the Dusty Cup were Brizongo, Undisputed Era, 
uh, Ashanti Adonis and Desmond Troy, uh, Arya Davari and Tony Nese, Kushida and Leon Ruff, The Way, which is Donnie Gargano and Austin Theory, Everrise, Grizzled Young Veterans, uh, Jake Atlas and Isaiah Scott, a new mystery tag team, uh, August Gray and Chris Stallion, uh, Killian Dane, Drake Maverick, Lucha House Party, Imperium, Bollywood Boys, and Legato Del Fantasma. Damn, that's a bunch of good-ass tag teams. It gets better because we were already almost through round one. There's only one match left. Uh, we initially got uh, Undisputed Era over Brizongo. We initially got uh, Grizzled Young Veterans over Everrise. And then on 205 Live, we got um, Lucha House Party. No, we got uh, Legato Del Fantasma over the Bollywood Boys, and we got Dane and Maverick over August Gray and Kurt Stallion. So we go to last night on NXT, and one of the main uh, one of the guys in the uh, Ashanti Adonis Desmond Troy ma- uh, team has a match. Ashanti Adonis has a match with Carrying uh, Cross, and it ends like you would expect it in about maybe thirty seconds. And then Cross beats up not only Adonis but beats up Troy as well. So now we have an open spot. Um, also last week that mystery team of. Um, that was going to fight Jake Atlas and Squirrel Scott just came from Impact. It is now MSK. It's the Rascals. Whoa. Uh, who are now going by the names of Nash Carter and Wes Lee, which might be one of the dumber names they've come up with, but it's Desmond Xavier who's fucking great. So whatever. Um, and they ended up beating uh, Swerve and Atlas. Wow. So. Now you and then last night you had uh, Kushida and Leon Ruff beating Gargano and Theory in a bit of an upset. Uh, Lucha House Party beat Imperium in a bit of an upset. But now you have this mystery tag, this mystery spot open. There's an open spot in the t- in the cup. The main event last night was the fight pit. Was Champa and Thatcher in the fight pit? Ooh. Yes, it's a fucking great match. It's awesome. Fight Pit's cool as shit anyway. It's a Lion's Den match, essentially. Okay, I'm about so it. You, do you remember uh, Riddle and Thatcher had the original Fight Pit match? Yeah. It's a set in, like a ring with an elevated like uh, uh, raft or uh, catwalk around it, yep. all chain link, knockout and submission only. It's their answer to, say, um, uh, Bloodsport. But Thatcher won that match. Thatcher versus Champa. Thatcher won the second match. Thatcher is a different animal in the Fight Pit. And it's a fucking great match. So uh, announced today um, that uh, there was a little bit of grudging respect for between the two after the match shown. Um, the two of them are going to tag team, and that's that last spot. It's going to be Thatcher and Champa. That's an interesting. Yes, team. it is. Holy shit! So now you have, I believe, I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I think this is the matchups coming up for round two now. Uh, well. Thatcher and Champa still have to fight Davari and Nice, but I think it's pretty academic where we're going with that. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump to round two. Um, Undisputed Era versus uh, Thatcher and Champa. Hell Fucking yes. here for it. Uh, Kushida and Leon Ruff versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Here for it. About it. Um, MSK versus Maverick and Dane. Here for it. Yep, and then Lucha House Party versus Legado Del Fantasma should be fucking great. Too. Damn, those are all banger matches. Yes. They really set this up well. Um, and the cool thing is now they have the women's tag, the women's title, uh, uh, Dusty Cup as well. And originally there was only four teams mentioned for it. Originally you had Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. 
You had Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. You had Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. You had uh, Caden Carter and uh, Casey Catanzaro. Those are the only four teams mentioned. But yesterday, prior to NXT, uh, before the show, they announced the signing and new names for three new women. Um, this is Cora Jade, who used to be Elena Black, uh, did some GCW work. Uh, Zoe Stark, who uh, also known as Lacey Ryan, who used to do, who's done some stuff on AEW Dark. And the big name was, is now going by Gigi Dolan, is Priscilla Kelly, uh, formerly of AEW. I wish they would have signed her on AEW. Uh, they needed her. We need that. We need, they needed that for their division for sure. Yes, they did. But There's I think that it would never have worked because they have. Um... Well, Darby being there is a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, I, as you and I talked about this off air. That actually is his ex-wife. So I did, I did follow up on that. Um, nice. So now they've added those women into the title, into the uh, Dusty Cup as well. So now your new breakdown, they haven't started this yet. It actually start. well, I, let me rephrase that. They had their first match last night. Um, so we have Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae versus Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Zoe Stark and Marina Shafir. Uh, Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And in the match that they taped last night, Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm versus Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Nice. <clears throat> Upset special, Catanzaro and Carter won. Wow, I would not have called that. Yep, and I need to send you something because um, good match, they won clean, and Casey Catanzaro had one of the coolest finishers, and I'm not even sure if she intended it to be. Well, I think she intended it as her finisher, but I don't know if this is what she she tried to get out of it. Um, there really isn't even a good way to describe actually what it was. She just had it to send it to me. It's a reverse spiral tap senton, essentially. Uh, wrap your head around that, for one thing. Reverse spiral tap senton. Uh Basically, a moonsault spiral tap that ends with a senton. I don't know if it meant was meant to be a senton uh, because I don't know if she botched it or she kind of overshot it. It looks like it's completely out of her control by the end of it. Ooh, I'm pulling it up. You find it? No, not yet. I was saying ooh because you described it well. I am trying to get it pulled up here. Um, but I wish I could. I don't know if we can. I wish we could screen share this. I don't have a way to do that, unfortunately. It's okay. Um, but it's a really, like, you can tell she's married, She's dating Ricochet because Ricochet's the only person in the world that might be able to do that. Uh, and if the two of them get together, that kid's going to fly out. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, dude. Uh, okay, I found it. Getting ready to send it to you now. Um, awaiting the send again this is she starts she starts uh in a moonsault position so she's up on the top turn buckle um i kind of lose count by how many flips and spins she does during this and she somehow lands it as a back senton and kind of like almost full force on tony storm's lower back and then just kind of rolls off of it so it almost looks like she loses control about th somewhere in the third or fourth flip yeah, it does. Isn't that wild, though? Yes. Like, there is a 360. It's almost like a, like a 
moonsault red arrow that lands in a weird senton like her feet almost hit first but it's like so her she, tailbone actually is what's hitting the middle of tony storm's back yeah which ow yowzas but really f- cool fucking move regardless um the other thing uh, from new year's evil and we didn't mention her when we we're talking about the women raquel gonzalez is in the match or in the in the cup uh no rhea ripley because at New Year's Evil, Rhea Ripley lost the last woman standing match to Raquel Gonzalez, which is now feuding or fueling a little bit of speculation that we may see her in the Royal Rumble. Realistically, we should see her in the Royal Rumble. For sure. She may, she may not come back from the Royal Rumble. Like she, That may be her call-up. Hmm, that would be awesome. Um, I do want to get into some WWE stuff real quick. Um, sure. There is quite a bit, and unfortunately, it's kind of the tale of two shows. Um, because SmackDown's fun. SmackDown's great. Raw is terrible. <laughs> Raw is god awful. Um, and Raw had what may have been the worst segment of the last couple of years. Wow. It's bad. It's horrible. Wow. Horrible. This week's Raw had the worst yes. segment in years? I, I it's it's up there. In it's years? Up, it's up there with old day, it's up there with Lashley Sisters. I'm not kidding you. Is it up there with it's Katie Vick? Mm, there's no there's no uh no, not not, not Katie Vick. We're okay, okay, there. okay. I'm just trying to get a reference. I got to think about it. Okay, we'll get there in a second. SmackDown. Let's talk about the good first. SmackDown. Uh, you may have Apollo Cruz, who's been low key feeding with Big E over the Intercontinental Title, uh, might be joining the Roman Reigns uh, family. Whoa! Because he's been hanging around with Paul Heyman, hanging around with Reigns. He was actually backstage with Reigns on the last show. Um, Street Profits lost their tag titles to. Um, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who are now going by the names of the Dirty Dogs for some godforsaken reason. Um, Bailey has okay. her own talk show now called Ding Dong Hello. She's uh, and doing her best, like uh, Katie Couric esque, like morning show bit. Uh, it's weird. Okay. Uh, Corbin's Corbin's feuding with Mysterios. Eh. The reason I say SmackDown's good is Roman Reigns is still awesome. Kevin Owens is still awesome. And they managed to get Adam Pierce involved in the best of ways. Okay. So a couple weeks ago during the new year's show, um, we have a match between or Kevin Owens after getting, losing all of his title opportunities, apparently um, once a match with Jey Uso and Rain says, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. Owens goes backstage, plays to Pierce is, you know, we've been friends a long time. I need this match. You've got to give me Jay. So Pierce okays it. To which Reigns backstage is like, that motherfucker just okayed that match. He hasn't learned anything. And ends with uh, Uso getting beat up and then Owens getting thrown off the Thunderdome, like out of the LEDs into onto a table, like a 20-foot drop. Damn. Big deal. Yeah. Um, but the next week, he's like, you know, Reigns comes out, you know, I'm not pissed at Owens. He does what he's going to do. But Adam Pierce needs to be taught a little bit of a lesson. So Pierce, get your ass out here. And he does this awesome opening promo. This is uh, about two weeks ago where he's telling Pierce, you must think I'm stupid. Clearly, you think I'm stupid. And if you think I'm stupid, that means you don't have any respect for me. If you don't respect me, you don't respect my family. If you don't respect my family, then he's like getting hands on him. He's getting really tense and ugly and everything. And then, uh, Heyman kind of waves him off. He says, you know, it's okay. You're, you're safe here right now. 
and just kind of walks off. They have a gauntlet match scheduled later on because, again, Pierce has scheduled a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for Reigns' title. Reigns is pissed because he says, you must think I'm stupid because you're not letting me pick my own challenger. So they pull some strings and Heyman gets some strings pulled so that Adam Pierce is part of the gauntlet match. First match in years. Whoa. And gauntlet matches standard WWE gauntlet form. It's run very well. Shinsuke Nakamura gets a face turn out of it. He's back nice. to using his old music now too. Hey. Uh, so it is a face turn, but uh, after going through like three people, um, it's down to Nakamura and Adam Pierce comes out. And as soon as Pierce walks out, out comes Roman Reigns and Uso. And they beat the shit out of Nakamura. And then Uso super kicks Adam Pierce, who sells the super kick better than anybody else has in years. Damn. He just drops like a puppet with a strings cut. It's awesome. Great sell. But then gets drug over over on top of Nakamura and Pierce wins the gauntlet match. So now at the Royal Rumble, we're going to have Adam Pierce versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. What? So come to last Friday now. And this is where it gets really cool is that, uh, and it, it's all been really fun to watch because Pierce is nailing his character and Reigns has his character fucking down. Locked. He's locked. Yes. In. So last week we come back to, uh, they're going to have a contract signing. And uh, Reigns uh, says something, or Paul says, I, I've got it handled. I've got it handled. We're going to make this a good match. And he says, let's make it, let's make it good. Give me no DQ. So he goes to Pierce and says, here, sign this. It's a no DQ match now. And Pierce goes, fuck, fuck it, whatever. You're going to kick my ass anyway. I don't care. This is stupid. Signs it. Takes it back to Reigns. And, or Heyman takes it back to Reigns. He goes, Nah, I don't want that now. I want it to be a last man standing match. And he's going to sign it with, he's going to sign it face to face. So out to the ring they go. Uh, Uso sits down. Rain sits down at the head of the table, of course. Kind of big games, kind of big games, Pierce a little bit. And Pierce signs the contract. Rain signs the contract. And as soon as he signs it, Pierce goes, I've been waiting all night for you to do that. And then just gets up and walks off. And as he's walking up the ramp, he starts limping and limping a little bit more and limping a little bit more. Man, turns around at the top of the ramp. He says, man, I, you know how it is. Some of these old injuries that just keep, that just crop up at the worst possible times and just keep nagging at you. He says, and you know, this is a standard WWE contract. It says the same thing they all do card subject to change and out comes Kevin Owens who signs the contract so now at the Rumble we're getting KO versus Reigns who finally had somebody get at least a little bit of one-upsmanship on him and Adam Pierce of all people um, KO versus Reigns in a last man standing match dude that's gonna be Fucking amazing great. yes it will be absolutely um, so yeah Smackdown's been awesome Smackdown's been fucking great and then there's Raw. <laughs> yeah, burn um, victim Billy over there. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So they get a little tiny bit of a pass for not this this week's Raw, but last week. Because Drew McIntyre has COVID. <gasps> Gasp. 
this is after they fucked up. Okay, I can't remember. Did, on the last episode, did we get to talk about the Goldberg thing? No. So it fucked up a week prior then um, because we have Wait, where Legends. Goldberg came out and challenged yeah, for Legends, Legends, Legends Night? Yeah. Night. Okay, we did talk about that. So um, <laughs> now we can't run that angle tonight because suddenly Drew McIntyre's out with COVID. So we have to, and apparently we have an outbreak. There's multiple people who are infected on the show, but the only one they acknowledge and the only one, the first person to ever actually acknowledge COVID on WWE programming is Drew McIntyre. So now over the course of that raw, they have multiple people in multiple segments, which is stupid. Like they have Seamus and Keith Lee fighting. I think it was Miz and Morrison. And then Keith Lee and Seamus fighting a match afterwards. So double double dipping on a segment. They did that like three times throughout the show. It's all dumb all the time. And the main event of the show is Randy Orton versus Triple H. Randy Orton versus Triple H. In the year of our Lord 2021. Time out. Hold on. All dumb all the time might be the episode title because that's fucking so good. I'm, I'm oh, up for man. it. I vibe that a all lot. All dumb all the time. That's um, hilarious. It gets dumber. And we haven't even gotten to the bad segment yet because it's not part of any of this. Um, so we get Orton versus Triple H in the year of our Lord 2021 because God hates us. Um, and it doesn't even really get to be a full match because when Triple H goes out to get the sledgehammer, the sledgehammer catches on fire. And we know how that happens. Well, because the fiend, the fiend and pyromaniac Bray or pyromaniac Orton rather who just burned Bray alive. So the hammer catches on fire. Lights go out. Triple H is gone. And then we get Alexa bliss, not Bray, but Alexa bliss who then poses and then throws a fireball at, uh, at Randy. And it's, it's not your traditional flash paper, you know, old school territories, fireball. Sure. They look down and throws up. No, this was on a, on a line. Like it shoots out. She fucking yoga fire out at, at Randy Orton. Yo, yo fire. Yoga fire. Yes. She fucking had Dukins at him. Uh, and they end the show with him just clutching at his face. And then they open, they open this week's raw with, and I sent you the picture. He's wearing it. Fucking it's, it's, burn victim Billy. It's a, bro. it's a burn. It's a burn victim mask. It's a, it's a legitimate thing. It's a mask that somebody who has burns on their face is supposed to wear to help regenerate the skin. It also happens to the luchador mask. So you get lots of L Randy Orton jokes. Personally, I think he looks like Corey Taylor and Slipknot circa all hope is gone. Ortino. Yeah, it's he looks like Corey Taylor. That's what I kept thinking. Um, Does that mean he, the RKO will kill us all? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. If we're lucky, if we're lucky. <laughs> um, and he just goes on this diatribe that's I couldn't even tell you what he says because I was too busy laughing at it. I'm not going to lie. I don't know that I actually paid any attention to the promo at all. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I was too busy laughing at it. Um, in other news, Kofi's injured. Big E's on SmackDown, so Xavier Woods is now the only member of New Day out. And he's feuding with Retribution because they can't have New Day feud with uh, with the Hurt Business for the tag titles because they don't have a full tag team. And because Lucha House Party is the only other tag team on Raw, guess we have a tag team feud. Um 
you still have the Drew versus Goldberg thing is going on. I'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, well, okay. We have two awful segments or one awful angle, one awful segment. The awful angle is that uh, on Legends Night, they brought Ric Flair back. He's outside the ring with uh, with Charlotte. Stop and, it. Yeah, it gets worse. It gets worse. Because the match is uh, Lacey and Peyton versus Charlotte. And I believe, I can't remember who she was tagging with. Oh, Asuka. Because they're the tag team champions. Took me a minute to remember that. May have also taken. Well, it's also unfortunate that it takes me a a minute to remember that Asuka's the uh, women's champion because they don't have her on the fucking show hardly at all. She's a vehicle at this point. It's terrible. Wait a minute. Asuka's the women's champ and a tag champ? Yep. Yep. And she's not even the most important thing in any of her. They just did that with Bailey and Becky. Do you mean to tell me that Rob that Raw Creative is bankrupt and has nothing going on? They're the worst. Fire no, Dewey no, Foley. No, no. Fire Dewey Foley. It's his fault. We're, He's we're in creative fucking this up. No, come on. It's Vince. It's always Vince. Fair. Vince, Vince okay's all of this. And you know Vince is okaying all of this because in that match, Charlotte Nasca versus Lacey and Peyton, um Lacey spends the entire match hitting on Ric Flair. And then Rick accidentally trips Charlotte and makes them lose. And then Charlotte yells at him and tells him to get out of her business. And then later on the week following, um, Lacey is now palling around with Ric Flair and I guess maybe dating Ric Flair. What? And uh, yeah, that's the joke is that Ric Flair is now. Oh yeah. He, the next time he, they had, uh, Charlotte versus uh, Lacey, and he actively cheated to make Charlotte lose so that Lacey would walk off with him. Gets a big old kiss with the lipstick and everything. They're they're doing this weird, like, creepy Anna Nicole Smith thing. Like, yeah, 78-year-old Ric Flair is apparently fucking Lacey Evans, and it's it's really, it's a Don Murray thing. It's not good. It's bad. No, no it's it's all kinds of bad. It's all it's, dumb all the time, yes, bro. Yes, yes. And that's not even the bad segment. What? So I gotta I gotta center myself here. Um so we have Miz and Morrison on an episode of the dirt sheet because what the fuck? I don't need brain cells anymore. They just kill them, please. So we have Miz and Morrison doing Dirt Sheet. And they talk about their guest tonight is Bill Goldberg. They're going to bring out Goldberg. It's the biggest guest they've ever had. Goldberg's music hits. And who do we get? Gilberg. Yes. That's stupid. We're not done. Oh, no. So Gilbert comes out. And this is also, you know, on the one hand, it's good to see Gilbert because he had some really bad, I guess, health issues last year. Oh. Really bad health issues. So it's good to see Gilbert, you know, back on his feet. Maybe not so good if he's had some health issues to bring him out during the pandemic, but fuck it. Just saying. Um, but he comes out and cuts a promo of him being Gilbert and screaming and, and <laughs> his tongue's out of his mouth for half the promo. And then, and then we get Drew McIntyre. But wait, don't you say Drew McIntyre's out with COVID? And you're right, because it's not Drew McIntyre. 
it's a slovenly looking fat guy in a bad wig with a fake dagger and a kilt that comes out and does a bad Scottish accent and his ass is hanging out of the kilt. You see full ass crack a couple of times. Ew. Um, he can't do the accent right and it gets meta and like Morrison is telling him, go back, rehit your mark, do it again. Like they're acting like he, he asks him, can I do another take? Can I do another go? Scottish guy does. And then you realize it's David Crumholtz from the Santa Claus and from numbers. You remember the elf in the Santa Claus? It's him. So it's an actual recognizable actor with no shirt looking like fat Thor as a mini me with a bad wig and, and a meta commentary thing that ends with the Miz saying I'm next when holding up the, the money in the bank contract that he was given back because of reasons, even though he cashed it in and it's David Crumholtz's ass and it's just so bad. <laughs> it's David Crumholtz's ass. <laughs> I, oh, that's it's, great. It is. It's, it was cringy and meta and cringy meta and so terribly written and so dumb. So very, very dumb. <laughs> and you just, it, it, it makes you feel bad for everyone involved until you realize that they don't care because they're all there getting paychecks. Oh yeah. They don't give off. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Miz is still drunk from the, from the Broncos beating the Steelers the other night. I, I don't know. Or Browns. Maybe drunk, Browns or, beat the Steelers. Oh, yeah. The Browns beat the Steelers. Broncos maybe you, didn't make the playoffs. Oh no, no, I guess that, that, no, I guess that was this Monday. So he was still, he was still probably drunk from the Browns losing to the, to Chad Henney, but I digress. Um, uh, it was, it was levels of bad that have only been reached by Bailey. This is your life or Lashley's sisters or old day. It was, it was, it was all bad all the time. It was, it was no killer, all bad. <laughs> All bad, all filler. It was everything about it. Ugh. My brain doesn't work anymore because it was that bad. Cannot compute word yeah, terms. Yeah. Um, I do I do think we're getting uh we're still supposedly getting Drew is coming back next week, I guess. Pretty quick comeback from COVID, but glad he's healthy, I guess. Oh, oh, we have more dumb. I'm sorry, we have more dumb. Um because they had the announcement of where WrestleMania is gonna be at the next couple of years which is fine. That's great. Cool. It's going to be uh, in Tampa this year. It's going to be in Dallas next year and Hollywood the year falling. Cool. Except they chose to announce this by doing this really, really, really cheesy, like news show segment with triple H in a wig and Stephanie and, and reigns as a sportscaster and Sasha Banks. And it's, it's, Oh, and John Cena is there as a Hollywood reporter type. It's bad. It's, it, it comes off as uh, Southpaw wrestling-esque, but to be taken seriously. It's it's dumb. All bad all the time. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of more all bad and all dumb, hey, we're going to have fans at WrestleMania this year. I read that 25,000 fans two we're nights. Doing, we're doing two nights again. 
and they want to have up to 25000 per night. Watch a giant. You know what's going to happen? We're in Biden's America now, baby. You can't do that stupid shit. He's not going to let it happen if we're not well, ready for it. I don't know. I don't know because, I mean, NFL's still going on, and that's some of the numbers that they're pulling down. Okay, fair. So, I mean, and it is Raymond James Stadium. It's not So it is big. Down. You're right. It's They can distance it. So, on the one hand, it'll be cool to see st- fans in the stands again. It'll be cool to see that. It'll be cool to hear a crowd again. And they're, uh, I guess they're doing it in the safest way they could do it, I guess. And the safest way is to not have a crowd at all. But if you're going to do it, uh, you're, you're distancing. And hopefully they're following some kind of rules. But at the same time, we don't know if it's worth the risk. None of us knows if this is worth the risk. But by the same token, we don't know if the people that are at NXT, the people that are at Impact – or the, I shouldn't say impact the people where they're at dynamite uh, every week. That could be a risk too. We don't know. Yeah. We won't do? know, man. We just can't know because this thing's so scary and, and weird and stuff. We're not, you know, yeah. obviously going to dive we, into that or whatever, but no, but I'm, wrestling I, is bright though. It is a bright point in all this darkness. We've had a really good uh, year. We, of are, wrestling. we, we have reason to be optimistic again. It's not raw. Raw is not a reason to be optimistic. Um, but the future of wrestling in general is a little more optimistic today. Um, there was a couple other things I wanted to get to at WWE, uh, but we can save that for another show. I do want to, I do want to kind of, I'll give you a little talking point for next week. Sure. Um, and just to, this is something I wanted to bring up, but it's a, it's something that we can kind of queue up for next week. Maybe um, right before the show went to air, tonight or we started recording tonight um watch the video that nikki cross recorded uh on twitter uh promo of how she's frustrated and she wants to you know get back how many wrestlers have we seen that in wwe now ali ricochet cruz you have talent out the ass at wwe good talent very good talent who when left to their own devices you know like these promos are great talking smack promos are great but are then not utilized at all on tv you never get the good shit on tv or at least not on raw so why is it why is it and what can be done to is it a question of there's just not enough time for everybody is it a question of they need to push other people no i'm gonna listen to me well here's the thing if, if you if your idea Everybody says, let's push Cesaro. Cesaro deserves a push. Okay. Who are you taking out? Well, no, it's not no. like that, though. There, Listen, there was an era in the 2000s where you had so many top-tier stars in the WWF, and they found a way to utilize everybody. I'm talking Angle. I'm talking Benoit. I'm talking Rikishi, Undertaker, Austin, mm-hmm. The Rock, Triple H. Fucking, you could sit no, here for I, hours no, I, and I, list I, off. No, I, it's, I absolutely agree with you. It's it comes down to one thing. You want to know why it's not being utilized on TV, you know why they're not putting the good shit on the TV. Do you want to know and this is to save your talking point. I solve this in a simple riddle. Not even a riddle. I'm just going to come out and fucking say it. Stop scripting your promos, you assholes. Vince, yeah. give it up. It's yep. not yep. working anymore because people are people. If I sit here and I'm like, hey, Buckles, we're going to cut this promo and we're going to talk about X. 
but I want you to say exactly word for word this. And I script it out to be my words. Yeah. When you go to read it, it's going to sound foreign. If you take the information I give you and go, oh, I know how to say that. I know what I would say. I know how I would word this. Let right. me bring my flavor to that game. That's when you get real emotion. That's when you get connection, mm -hmm. rawness. Absolutely. People can grip Absolutely. onto that. But Vince won't let that happen. So, um, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned you were going to riddle me this because that just reminded me of one other final. And we can go out on this. I was just going to say that bit. is Vince the last talent he'll bury is himself? No, no. Vince won't. Vince will not bury himself because the only way that Vince is leaving is when somebody buries him six feet under. That's kind of what I was getting at, though. Is that's the only if he if so, he you know buries himself. But anyways, go. I digress. I, I want to leave on this because there was one other bad segment of Raw that I I I, I think I sent it to you. I'm pretty sure I did, uh, and it involves Matt Riddle or just Riddle now. He's feuding with Hurt Business because really it's a feud that you kind of I, – I tend to side with the Hurt Business because the whole crux of it is that uh, MVP finds Riddle to be exasperating and annoying, just like I do. <clears throat> um, but Riddle is known for wearing either no shoes or flip-flops. And he's walking around backstage in his flip-flops and has an encounter with Lashley who says, I like your flip-flops. It's okay. I like your shoes. They're nice. But there's one problem with them. And he says, what's the problem? And the the idea is that Lashley goes and stomps on Riddle's bare foot. Except when they filmed it, um, Lashley missed by a good six inches. And you can clearly see it. Yep. They filmed it very clearly that he missed by a solid half foot, pun intended. Uh, and then Riddle sells the wrong foot. <laughs> oh my! Lashley stomps and misses the left foot. Riddle sells the right. I do believe. Can I say and this, Buckles, it, real quick? Please if, do. If you and I had cameras and time, you and I could put on a better cinematic match than half of the bullshit <laughs> that makes it to Raw. And I don't understand that. <laughs> I get the feeling of a cinematic match. If I was to do a cinematic match in the vein of like the. Uh, my cinematic match because of my skill level would probably be less uh, boneyard and more karate man. <laughs> karate man V question mark. Yeah. Ooh, I'm for it. Me too. I'm um, about it. Um, I, I, I've said many times I wanted on a t-shirt, bring me the head of Kevin Dunn. Um, if you made it as an episode title. It is my favorite episode title to date, actually, just because I love it so much. But yeah, Kevin Dunn couldn't, Kevin Dunn makes filming WWE look difficult. And that what sucks is they even have, they've debuted on the last couple of shows uh, to great effect. They're using some of the new like 8K cameras. Oh yeah. I've there's been some, there's some, some shots that. there that look really cool because it's just the person walking to the stage or walking down the ramp or whatever. But the moment that the action starts and you get zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, shaky cam, shaky cam. Hey, uh, Michael Bay meets Paul Greengrass and we're going to have motion sickness. Or, God forbid, the entire retribution entrance where the camera literally just rotates and shakes from side to side, and I just hit the microphone. and <laughs> uh, That'll come up on a bit. Uh, there we go. Hey, look, I'm Kevin Dunn. Wow. <laughs> wow, I did it. Yay. So, yeah, I I hate the man. <laughs> I can't, I, as a telecommunications major and as someone who did film 
uh, film work and has done video editing. I hate Kevin Dunn. His existence annoys me. <laughs> it's like a cat having a seizure on their control board. His cuts. Yeah. It's really bad. Yes. But yes. I think that's where we're going to end it today, my man. Uh, this has been an amazing episode of Journey into Wrestling. As always, you find Fairweather folks can check us out on all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get our one feed of amazing shows for you audio listeners. But what we do hope you're doing now is getting us one of two places because you can check us out on the Facebook land where you can see the video version of our show. Or we do hope that you're watching on YouTube. And if you are, please comment, like, and subscribe below. Make sure to get the notification little bell thing so every time we put a new episode of this show up, you get notified because sometimes... We don't have a schedule because shit happens like I move and then get sick. It just, yep. it's the, or, this is the way. Yeah. And if you, if you decide you want to comment back on the video, YouTube videos, why don't you jump over to Twitter and come comment to me and I can bullshit it with you directly. Boom. Yeah. The Twitter. That's, uh, that's uh, the old uh, GIW on JIC. Oh my God. I totally just fucked up our show. <laughs> oh, it looks good now, but that was a total fuck up. I uh, went to put no. the badge up. It was behind the episode. <laughs> So it like was kind of visible. So then I tried to fix it, and instead I completely got rid of the actual episode background. So it was black screen with just our faces for a second. And then, favorite part, I got it fixed. So here we are. We fixed it. You guys saw the Twitter badge. Please go to JIW on JIC. Check out everything Buckles is doing over there. Mm-hmm. All that, and it's still better than Kevin Dunn's filming. God damn right, <laughs> folks. Well, I think that's going to do it, Buckles. Again, thank you so much for coming on another week's episodes of Journey into Wrestling. This has been Season 5, Episode 14, all dumb, all the time. One final thing. What? Go buy the Brody shirt. Benefit the family. Do it. We need you to do it. Help them make the monies. All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, Journey into Wrestling, Season 5, Episode 14, All Dumb All the Time. I have been Nate. I am the dumb all the time. I'm Buckles. (laughs) And uh, we will definitely see you, folks, when we see you again. Until then, be well. Later.